You're listening to Enchanted, a podcast on the history of magic, sorcery, and witchcraft. I'm Corinne Wieben. In 2013, Icelandic authorities were forced to halt the construction of two new roadways through the Galgrun lava field until the Supreme Court could rule on a case brought by an environmental group called the Friends of Lava. While the group cited the obvious environmental impact of the new roads, their petition included other grounds for halting the project. The roadways would disturb the habitats of some of Iceland's elves. In fact, concerns about elves called Huldefolk or Hidden Folk in Iceland, have delayed or sidelined a series of construction projects over the years. According to one article in The Guardian, this issue is so common, in fact, that Icelandic administrators have developed a boilerplate statement for use any time questions about elf habitats arise, saying, Issues have been settled by delaying the construction project at a certain point while the elves living there have supposedly moved on. Iceland's elf lore springs from the Scandinavian cultural roots of its inhabitants and has persisted from the Middle Ages to the present with surprising vigor. One recent survey shows that, while a minority of Icelanders believe firmly in the existence of elves, over 60% of those surveyed admitted that they believe elves might exist. In this Yuletide episode, I bring you a few stories from the historic folk tradition of Iceland's elves. Wild places can be dangerous. Everyone knows this. Isolated hills and rocky vales can be home to all kinds of creatures. In Iceland, these places are the homes of the hidden folk. Stories about the elves of Iceland depict them as magical, charming, sometimes helpful, and sometimes deadly. Their music and singing could compel humans to dance, sometimes to exhaustion. According to the stories, Elves are human in appearance, often extremely beautiful, but also carry a magical or supernatural air. Einar Sveinsson, a collector of Icelandic folklore, wrote of the elves, quote, They still needed careful handling, were dangerous even, but there is a splendor and a beauty about them. Their clothes are colorful and elaborate, they often possess rich and rare jewels. They are generally said to live in places where there's great natural beauty, where there are green slopes and hills, rocks and crags, beautiful, smooth stone slabs. They do not live solitary lives like trolls, but are whole peoples ruled over by kings. In medieval Icelandic sagas, the elves, or Alfar, are mythical figures, existing in Asgard, the same realm as the Aesir, the Norse gods. The poem Havamal includes the god Odin's assertion that, quote, Aesir and elves, I know the difference between them. Few who are not wise know that. The 13th century poet Snorri Sturluson included a scene in his prose Edda in which Odin describes the light elves of Alfheim as glowing and bright, beautiful as sunlight. 
He also tells of the dark elves who live in the lower world, deep in the earth in the realm of mountains, hills, and burial mounds. Like their counterparts, these elves too are powerful beings, with knowledge of runes and the magical arts. Far from the image of adorable garden gnomes that the word elves might conjure to English speakers, the elves of Icelandic tradition may appear human at first, but they can be dangerous if provoked. In one story, two brothers discover just how dangerous Iceland's elves can be. Born the sons of a wealthy man, the two brothers could not have been more different. Arnor was a brave, sociable, rough-and-tumble sort, while his brother, Svein, preferred the quiet and solitude of the local church. Svein also loved to walk around a nearby hill called Tungustapi, so much so that all the neighbors agreed that he was drawn by the elves that dwelled there. When Svein disappeared one New Year's Eve, Arnor set out to look for his brother. When he approached Tungustapi, the hill opened, and he saw what looked like the interior of a church, glowing with lamps and ringing with music and song. At the altar, an elf dressed as a bishop was laying his hands on Svein's head, and Arnor, fearing that the elves were claiming his brother as a priest for their church, cried out, Svein, come, come with me, you are running the risk of death. Svein turned and for just a moment moved toward his brother. At this sign of faithlessness, the furious elf bishop cursed the brothers, saying, Shut instantly the door, and let us wreak vengeance upon the man who has dared to place his feet within our holy place. But thou, Svein, must go from among us for thy brother's fault, and inasmuch as thou wert willing to go to him and loved more his shameless call than these our sacred rites, Thou shalt fall down dead whenever thine eyes again see me standing in my robes before this altar. Arnor fled, but the elves caught up with him, trampling him with their horses until he was on the brink of death. He lay there all night until a farmer stumbled across him the next morning. With his dying breath, Arnor told the farmer what had happened to him and his brother. Though Sven returned, he was never the same after his brother's death. Sick of the world, Svein took holy orders and became a monk. When his father fell ill and felt he was nearing the end of his life, Svein agreed to visit his father and sing the Easter Mass, but on one condition. The church doors must remain closed the entire time. Svein sang the liturgy beautifully, but as he moved to bless the congregation, the doors of the church flew open. The whole congregation turned to see the elf church of Tungustapi, its doors standing wide with the elf bishop at the altar. By the time the congregation looked back at their priest, they saw that both Svein and his father had fallen down dead. What makes elves so dangerous? It could be what they represent. Elves and other such creatures often dwell in the deserted spaces of the world. Hills, mountains, lakes, rivers. Places where the wild forces of nature might threaten human survival. Like nature, elves can be beautiful, magical, and frighteningly unpredictable. 
The theme of men seduced by beautiful elf women is a common one in Scandinavian folklore. Like Sven's disappearance on New Year's Eve, the crux of the drama often takes place around midwinter or yuletide, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve being particular favorites. On this theme, Icelandic folklore includes the story of Sigurdur, the son of a shepherd named Andres who had lost his flock. When the servants his father sent out to find the lost sheep failed to return, Sigurdur set out alone. On his journey, he spied a flock grazing near a collection of lakes. Before he could approach the flock, however, a beautiful woman appeared. Though she was a stranger to him, she called him by his name. She revealed that she was an elf, calling herself Valdjörg, and said she had stolen the sheep and killed the servants. She threatened to kill Sigurdur as well unless he would consent to stay and be her lover. She was lonely, you see. She had been banished by the other elves because of a prophecy stating that she would give birth to the child of a human. Lured by her exceptional beauty, Sigurdur agreed on two conditions. That she return the flock to his father, and that she tell his father that he's all right. She agreed, appearing to Andres in a dream and saying, Fear not, my friend, for your son's life. He is well and lives happily with me, who am an elf woman. It was I who stole your sheep, but your son made me restore them. Sigurdur remained with her happily for the next three years. One night, however, Sigurdur appeared to his father in a dream and begged him to visit, saying, Come, my father, I entreat you on Christmas Eve to the lakes of wool and bring with you the priest Erikur. By the shores of the lakes you will see my house standing and you'll find the door thrown open. Come into the house yourself, but bid Erikur stand in the entrance and grasp tightly the woman who shall run out from the family room as if to leave the house. On no account must he let her go, do or say what she will, as on holding her fast depend my safety and happiness. If she escape him that Christmas Eve, you will never see me more. Andres did as his son asked. As he and the priest entered the house, they saw Sigurdur carding wool and a beautiful young woman cradling a baby. When Andres announced their arrival by shouting, God be here, the woman dropped the baby on the bed and ran for the door, but the priest was ready. He clung to Valbjörg for seven days and nights, speaking calmly to her as she struggled to escape. Once she began to calm down, he released her and she returned home with Sigurdur. By the spring, her elfin nature had left her. The couple were married by Erikur and went on to have several more children. Now completely human, Valbjörg became the ideal housewife, mild-mannered and charitable. By far, one of the most common themes is the impromptu elven party on Christmas Eve, or sometimes New Year's Eve. Versions of this story usually include someone spending the holiday home alone when a group of elves bursts in, bent on holding their celebrations, complete with music, dancing, drinking, and other rowdy revels, in the unsuspecting human's house. Elves can also be helpful, however, in protecting humans from greater supernatural threats like trolls. One legend tells the story of a woman whose husband, a farmer, disappeared when he left home after dark on Christmas Eve. 
The following Christmas Eve, a servant who had taken over managing the farm also disappeared mysteriously. The following year, the frightened farmer's widow was making preparations to leave the farm for the winter, but a few nights before she planned her departure, she dreamed of a young woman who begged her to stay, saying, Your cow has just calved, and I have no hope of getting nourishment for my children unless you will every day, when you deal out the rations, put a share from me in the jug in the dairy. I know that your intention is to move to another farm in two days, as you dare not live here over Christmas, for you know not what has become of your husband and of the servant on the last two Christmas Eves. But I must tell you that a female troll lives in the opposite mountains, herself of mild temper, but who, two years ago, had a child of such curious appetite and disposition that she was forced to provide human flesh for it each Christmas. If, however, you will do willingly for me what I have asked you to do, I will give you good advice as to how you may get rid of the troll from this neighborhood. The widow immediately woke and did as the woman in her dream asked. No sooner had she filled a jug with milk and left it than it disappeared. She did this each day until Christmas Eve when the woman appeared to her again in another dream. The woman explained that she was an elf who lived in a nearby hill. Since the widow had shared her rations with the elf woman so generously, the elf promised to help rid the woman of the dangerous trolls, saying, At midnight, you will awake and feel yourself irresistibly urged to go out, as if something attracted you. Do not struggle against it, but get up and leave the house. Outside the door, you will find a giantess standing, who will seize you and carry you in her arms across your grass field, stride over the river, and make off with you in the direction of the mountains in which she lives. The elf woman tells the widow that she must call the troll by her name, Gelivor, which no mortal has ever heard. In her confusion, the troll will drop the woman, who must run as fast as she can to the nearest church before the troll learns that the elf woman has thumped and pinched her child to death. If, however, you fail in getting to the church in time, the elf woman says, I will help you. Everything happened just as the elf woman had said. At midnight on Christmas Eve, the farmer's widow felt an irresistible urge to go out, which she did. When the giantess seized her to carry her off, but dropped her at the sound of her own name, the woman fled to the church, feeling as though someone was helping to pull her along. As she neared the church, an unseen force propelled her inside. The bells of the church began to ring out, and the troll, frightened by the sound, ran away to make herself a new home in a more distant mountain. Thanks to the help of the elf woman, the parish was safe once again. of elves with the midwinter holidays of Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve may harken back to the days when Christianity first appeared in Iceland. Scholars of Icelandic folklore, including Jan Beveridge, Eric Bryan, and Terry Gunnell, have argued that these stories are metaphors for the clash between the pre-Christian pagan tradition and Christianity, as in the story of the priest Sven and the elf bishop. While others recall early conversion efforts, as in the story of Valbjörg's unelfing by the priest Erikor. 
So why has belief in the possibility of elves persisted strongly enough in Iceland to halt construction projects in the 21st century? Iceland's terrain is unlike any other on Earth. Its Arctic landscape is punctuated by rocky mountains, glaciers, rivers, waterfalls, geysers, active volcanoes, and lava fields. This unique geography and geology of Iceland give the impression of a living landscape, one that must be respected. As Terry Gunnell, a professor of folklore at the University of Iceland, puts it, This is a land where your house can be destroyed by earthquakes you can't see, where the wind can knock you off your feet, where the smell of sulfur from your taps tells you that there is invisible fire not far below your feet, where the northern lights make the sky the biggest television screen in the world, and where hot springs and glaciers talk. In short, everyone is aware that the land is alive, and one can say that the stories of hidden people and the need to work carefully with them reflects an understanding that the land demands respect. These days, Iceland's elves have become a symbol of respect for nature and the island's dedication to sustainable living. Roads and driveways diverge to make room for rocky outcroppings, and housing tracks follow the shape of the landscape. In the 21st century, we might think of elves as a metaphor for the power and beauty of nature. But with the holidays coming up, you may want to stock up on some extra food and drink. Just in case. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to Enchanted wherever you listen and never miss a new episode. This episode was produced by me with original music by Purple Planet. You can find them at purple-planet.com. Special thanks to Enchanted's Patreon patrons for supporting the production of this and every episode. If you want to support Enchanted, please visit patreon.com slash enchantedpodcast. While you're at it, why not rate and review Enchanted on Apple Podcasts, which helps new listeners find us. You can get in touch with me via email at enchantedpodcast at gmail.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram, and now Tumblr at Enchanted Podcast and on Twitter at Enchanted Pod. If you want to learn more about Icelandic elves, be sure to check out the sources link in the show notes or visit enchantedpodcast.net. I'm Corinne Weaven. Thank you for listening and stay enchanted. <laughs>